Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Surprise Scenarios. Something very different. Just Jake here. <laughs> okay, me and the goat, we're here. And what we're doing is we're helping promote indie podcasts. Uh, we're all in the same boat. We all want to get places. So our friends over at the Plum Forest Podcast come up with an idea that we do an episode swap. We're going to play his episode. And he's going to play one of ours. Mason's a really cool dude. We've been chatting a lot. So yeah. They're going to play one of our episodes on their feed. We're going to play one of his episodes on our feed. Pretty straightforward, right? His show, he takes old Chinese fables and puts it on a modern twist. It's really fun. It's super weird. <laughs> uh, you, you've just got to check it out. Um... So we got an episode to play for you right now, and then after that, you're going to go over to his feed, and you're going to binge all of season one, because season two is just about to drop. Okay, so that's enough of me and the goat. Alright, calm down. Alright, go. Hey, enough. Enjoy the show. Today's episode contains some language and material that might not be suitable for all audiences. So if you are sensitive to eggs, cow conglomerates, and marital fights, please feel free to click away. Welcome to the Plum Forest Podcast, where we give you modernized versions of classical Chinese fables and short stories. And I know you know what I'm about to say, so be sure to tap that like, subscribe, and follow button so you don't miss out on any of our awesome episodes. And if you really like or even love what you hear, be sure to leave a review or a comment because they let me know that you're listening, and I like that. I hope everyone is able to stay safe and fall is finally coming. Well, kind of, because this whole heat wave that's going on right now is just roasting us all like chickens. But fall is coming. I can feel it in my loins. Wow, that was gross, but you know what I mean. For the area that I live in, our school just started and kids are having a blast doing online school wherever they are. I bet teachers love that. I really hope you could pick up on my sarcasm. I tried to lay it on pretty thick. It's rough for teachers and students too. But we're not here to listen to me tell you about what's going on where I live. We're here to listen to some wild ass stories. And man, we've got a great one for you today. Today's story is another amazing story from that Jiang Ying Ke fellow. We've heard some translation of some other stories, but this one is one of his more well-known stories. The Chinese name of the original for this story is Wang Xin which literally translates to absurd mind or intentions. The second word, xin, is a wild word in Chinese because it has so many different meanings. Well, for the case of this story, we're just going to translate it as absurd intentions. The original of this story can be found in the book Shui Tao Xiao Suo, or Snow Wave Short Stories would be another way to translate it directly. That had to be a lot of info, so I think we should just get to our story now because Snow Wave really makes no sense at all. Oh well, here is today's story, The Egg. 
Paul had just arrived to lovely Nebraska and the weather was starting to change. Lovely Nebraska? What the hell am I talking about? It's just corn and more corn. I mean, if you love corn, then this place will tickle your loins in the best way. But for the most of us that don't have a corn fetish, this place is kind of boring. But in all seriousness, from me talking to you as, like, human beings, can you name something besides corn that Nebraska's famous for? Most likely not, and I'm pretty sure that everybody is probably trying to think of something and not thinking about it. I mean, even the University of Nebraska, their biggest school, their mascot is a goddamn corn husker. It's a man that husks corn. Well, anyways... The fall was finally arriving to this little tiny farm in central Nebraska. This farm was just a few miles south of Broken Bow, which happens to be smack dab in the middle of Nebraska, like literally the center. And on this farm, there was a man who had just bought this farm recently to try and live the American dream. You know that American dream we always hear about where an immigrant comes and makes their fortune and builds a business to support their family and life? You know what I mean. God, that sounded super weird coming out of my mouth. That American dream thing sure is something of the past, but oh well, neither here nor there. So this fresh farmer, Jasper was his name, just immigrated to Nebraska from England so he could start his American dream. And just like every other American dream story, he bought some land in a place he knew nothing about and was broke as a joke. I mean, he went from England to Nebraska... Who knows how the hell that happened, but it did in this story. After a few months of working the fields to try and prep for this year's corn harvest, which he expected the money to start flowing like Niagara Falls, he was broke. He had nothing to his name. Jasper was literally on his last few dollars and his family was starting to worry about him. As he was plowing the fields one day, his wife came up to him and started chit-chatting with him. Hey, honey, how's the tilling going? It's crap. I mean, look at the soil. I can't grow shit. We're gonna try, we're trying to grow crops. Nothing can be grown here except corn. That's not even doing too well. Ugh, Rome wasn't built in the day, Jasper. You know this. Yeah, and the Industrial Revolution was changed by the cotton gin in one day. What the hell are you talking about? Both of those things were at way different times. Are, are you okay? Yeah, what the hell was Jasper talking about? For all those history buffs, the cotton gin was invented in 1793, and the Industrial Revolution is said to be around the 1820s to 40s. But some people say that it was in the 1760, so Jasper isn't all the way wrong, but oh well, you know that kind of shit. No, I'm not doing alright. I need to figure something out. We're running out of money. We're struggling to survive, and we got to try and get this goddamn farm off the ground. Well, how about this? I made you some food, so come back to the house and we'll have a quick lunch, and maybe you can relax for a bit. Here, I brought you some ice-cold water. Thanks, babe. Jasper slugged down the water. Alright, that was perfect. I'll head in once I finish this row. Sharon headed back to the house and Jasper finished the rows of crops and then he headed into the house to go get some food. 
Just as he was finishing his meal, he had a light bulb go off in his head. I got it, sweetie, I got it. He dropped his plate on the table and rushed out the door and headed out towards his truck. Jasper, where, where the hell are you going? But right when she finished her sentence, he had already started the truck and was driving away. A little while later, Jasper returned and saw his wife sitting on the patio with one of her favorite books and the radio playing her favorite station. Hey babe, I figured it out. He walked up to her and stood right in front of her. Just as he stood there with a grin on his face, he pulled out a chicken's egg from his pouch. This, this will be our fortune. An egg? What are you talking about? Have you been out in the heat too much today because you're sounding a little crazy? No, no, no. Listen to me. This won't be our fortune right now, but we will turn this little egg into a bazillion dollars. What? Please explain. Alright. I may, I may sound like a madman. You don't say. You sound like you're straight out of the house. You gotta hear me out, though. It's the long game. Go on. <laughs> this egg will be our fortune. You've said that, like, four times, with no reasoning. Let me finish. So this egg won't be our fortune today, but in ten years, it will all have stemmed from this little egg. Just as he said this, he held the egg up in the sky like it was the Lombardi trophy. Okay. Love the enthusiasm, but how? How are we going to do this? So you know our neighbor, Anthony? Yeah. What about him? He's got chickens. I'll get his prized setting hen to hatch it. And out of that brood, we'll get a female chick who can also lay eggs. Right? So in a month or so, we'll have, I don't know, 15 or so eggs. Okay, and then what? Then over the next few years, those chickens will lay eggs, and then those chickens will lay eggs, and then those chickens will lay eggs, and then... I get it. I get it. <laughs> So after a few years, we'll have our own chicken army. A chicken army. We're going to invade someone with chickens. No, no, no. I mean, we'll have a whole bunch of chickens. An army was just the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, then what? Then, with this army of chickens, we can sell them for a good price. And because there's so many of them, we're, we're bound to make a good profit off them. So, sell chickens? Okay, I think that can work. I mean, who doesn't like some chicken? Correctamundo. Well, once we sell those chickens, we'll have enough cash to get a cow. And with this cow... Mm -mm. Let me guess. You'll breed them until you have an army of cows? Exactly. And after a while, we'll have an army of cows. I can sell those, and we can become, wait for it, the cow conglomerate of central Nebraska. We will rise to the power of cow conglomerate, and every other farmer will bow down to us with the stupid mediocre farms. I will rule the cows, and they will look upon me, the cow master. The cow master. Okay, you've officially lost your marbles, Jasper. This is going to take so much time, and we need food now. Why can't we focus on the crops now and make sure we can survive for the next few years? Oh, we will. 
Don't worry. We'll have enough money to feed ourselves and sell off what we don't need to survive and until we reach our cow conglomerate status. <laughs> Believe me, sweetie. Sharon stared at Jasper with a blank look on her face. As she stared at him, she began thinking more and more about this plan to become the cow conglomerate of central Nebraska. And after every passing second of just thinking of this idea about becoming a cow conglomerate, it didn't work in her head, and she could only think that this plan was a recipe for disaster. Jasper, I love you. Since the first day I saw you at that harbor in Boston, I knew I loved you. But you are out of your goddamn mind. Like, straight up, crusty clown crazy. I'm thinking of how this is going to work, and I don't see any possible way for it to work. You just gotta believe me. I'm telling you, this egg will be the start of our fortune for generations to come. I mean, it's the American dream. It can't fail, right? Oh, it, it can fail, sweetie. And it most likely will. Jasper started to get a little bit frustrated as the conversation wasn't going how he expected. What do you mean it won't work? Well, have you seen the winters here? They're super cold. And what if our chickens die? Boom, we fail. Or what if our crops don't grow enough to feed us and we die? Boom, we fail. Or what if the price of chickens drops and we can't sell them? Boom, we fail, Jasper. Are you willing to take that risk? Because our family needs to eat. Jasper was now getting more and more angry, and his rage started to come out as he thought he had a foolproof plan to support his family. Sharon, you're starting to sound like a Karen. Listen to me. I've thought about this for quite some time. Oh, really? Some time? Because this morning you were eating lunch, and then you just drove off to return with a damn egg. That doesn't seem like a well-thought-out plan. That seems like a goddamn impulse buy of a chicken egg. You just don't understand, Sharon. This egg will be the start of our fortune. I'm telling you. Oh, will it? Sharon looked at Jasper in his eyes, and they stared at each other for a few seconds, when all of a sudden... <laughs> she slammed her hand down on the table and crushed the egg that Jasper had just brought home. You know, his prized egg. Are you out of your fucking mind? This was our fortune starter. How could you do this to us? To us? You brought home a goddamn egg, and with all the variables not being thought about with this stupid-ass cow conglomerate idea. Jasper was visibly irate, as Sharon had literally just smashed his ten-year plan in a quick swipe of her hand. God damn it, Sharon! Jasper then stormed off into the house and slammed the screen door behind him. The two of them both kept their distance from each other that night, and both of them refused to talk to each other because they were so angry. This super passive-aggressive bullshit went on for a few more days, and it was horrible for the both of them. I mean, on one hand, she smashed his egg on the table just in front of him, but on the other, it was a dumb idea. Either way, super passive-aggressive shit was going on in this house. Over these extremely passive-aggressive days, Jasper would do his farming duties and then would head into town to go do some other things. And by other things, I mean just go to the bar in town and get smashed out of his mind to forget all this bullshit. But the strangest part about all of this is that when he was home, he would completely ignore his wife and she would do the same to him. Like I said, super passive-aggressive bullshit. 
on day five of this passive-aggressive rodeo, as Sharon was sitting on the couch, he put a letter in her hand. What? What is this? You breaking up with me like we're in fucking middle school? No. Just read it. Sharon opened up the letter. Just as she started reading the letter, she soon realized what it was that was in her hand. A summons to a court case. Because you're suing me? Are you fucking serious, Jasper? You're gonna sue your own wife. Well, yeah. If you want to destroy my dreams with a swift smash of the egg, I feel it's an appropriate action. You truly are nuts. I hope you enjoy that couch, because you're going to be sleeping there for the rest of eternity. Oh, actually I do. It's a great couch. Plus I get to watch some Futurama as I fall asleep. Okay, well maybe he didn't get to watch Futurama because this takes place a long time ago, but you know that's a great show to fall asleep to, and we're just going to keep that in. And it's weirdly true because there have been studies about how so many people fall asleep to Futurama because the sounds are so welcoming and gentle... It's a really weird thing, but super true and pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the story. Okay, cool. So that night, Jasper slept on the couch while watching Futurama, of course, and Sharon spent the night in their bedroom. The next morning, they both got up and drove together to the courthouse. Like, they only had one truck, so, you know, they had to ride together, and God, that must have been a super awkward drive to the city. But after a short while, they finally arrived and headed into the courthouse to settle this matter of the broken egg. As they both went up to the bar to plead their cases, the judge addressed them both. All right, so today's case is between this lady here, Sharon, right? Yes, that is correct. And this fellow named Jasper, is that correct? Yes, that is correct, sir. All right, and you claim that this woman destroyed your fortune from an upcoming cow conglomerate. Would you mind explaining this a little bit to me, sir? It be my pleasure. So, sir, we have been on tough times, and I had the genius idea to get a chicken and have it lay eggs. And then, when they hatch, those new chickens lay eggs. And then I have even more chickens. You get it? You see where this is going? What do chicken eggs have to do with a cow fortune? Well, once I've got enough chickens, I will do the same thing with my profits and buy a cow and rinse, wash, repeat until I have so many cows that I don't know what to do with myself because I'll be so rich. (laughs) Yeah, right. Ma'am, please wait your turn. So, how did she ruin your company? Well, all businesses start from somewhere, and I I came home with an egg one day, and uh, when I brought it to my wife, I, I mean Sharon, she didn't agree, and she smashed the egg on the table. Okay, well, so this fortune wasn't actually in your possession yet. Exactly. Ma'am, please wait your turn. No, not exactly. My idea was so pure, so clean, that there was no way it could fail. That's why I think she should be sued for all her money. You dumbass. If you sue me, because we're married, you're just suing yourself. What's mine is yours, what's yours is mine, remember? Ma'am, please restrain yourself until called upon. 
This is a final warning. The judge thought over Jasper's response, and then he finally asked Sharon her side of the story. Sharon then proceeded to give her side of the story, which we're not going to go into again, you know. We just heard it like a few minutes ago, so I'm going to fast forward to what the judge's response was. Well, that is a compelling case there, ma'am. But I am going to have to side with your husband, because I feel you destroyed the fortune that could have been. I'm going to award the plaintiff the sum of $30,000. Are you crazy? Score! Sharon was not having any of this decision, and she quickly spoke up. Wait, wait, wait. Before we end all of this, let me just clarify some things. All right, I'll let this slide. Go on. What? Why? You've made your decision. Sir, zip your lips, or the bailiff will zip them for you. Jasper then sat down in the chair. All right, think about this. I'm going to mansplain to you guys how this works. Jasper rolled his eyes. If a man says to his wife that he is going to buy a hooker and I get jealous, is that wrong? Because he hasn't bought the hooker yet, but as his wife, I would not be happy with that one bit. But the hooker hasn't been bought and they haven't made the beast of two backs yet. So I'm jealous and angry of the idea of him buying a hooker, not the act of him actually buying it. The judge nodded. So with this hooker analogy, change the hooker to the egg or his stupid cow conglomerate business. He didn't have the money from the company, so why would I have to pay for something that didn't exist? Just like if he never actually bought the hooker, why should I be jealous or angry if he didn't act on it? I see your point, and that's a great analogy. I take it you guys have had that hooker debate before. What are you talking about? Actually, no. That just popped into my head right now. It's a good analogy. I'm going to reverse my decision... And Sharon doesn't have to pay a cent to you, sir. Are you out of your mind? What about my cow Montgomery? The potential to make thousands, if not millions, on my cows is smashed with her tiny hands. The judge slammed his gavel down again. Sir, please restrain yourself. I have made my verdict. Next case. The two of them exited the courtroom and boy, I bet that was an awkward ass drive home. But they returned home and lived their life together. You know, super passive-aggressively. Ay-yay-yay, that was a fun and interesting story, I thought. I love the wife and her quick thinking to make that funny analogy with the hooker. I mean, a hooker of all subjects was what she picked. (laughs) And the husband was just great overall. I mean, he was so off the wall and made a whole bunch of just quick decisions that he did not really think all the way through. But at the same time, I love that about him and that's what made it such a great story. We all have a friend that makes brash decisions without thinking like that. And those people always add spice to everyone's life. And my other great thing with this episode was how this man wanted to be a cow conglomerate. A cow conglomerate of all things, which in Nebraska of all places, the only thing I could think of is a corn conglomerate, and I didn't want to beat that dead horse too much. Plus, having the British voice actor repeat the phrase so many times was hilarious to listen to while I was editing. 
We will definitely do a blooper reel of this man just trying to say cow conglomerate over and over and over and man, it was really funny. Maybe we'll put that on our Patreon for people who want to support us and, you know, they get some extra things like a huge long blooper reel. And I know that the dudes from Drinks with Josh have like at least an hour of just God knows what those bloopers were, but man, they were so funny just to listen to that. Ah, so if you join our Patreon, we will add that blooper reel up in the next few weeks. So you might want to get on that Patreon thing, right everyone? Because you know you want to support us. Uh Uh-huh. I know a lot of you have some weird and wild questions about this crazy story, so be sure to head over to the Plum Forest Podcast subreddit so you can ask and most likely get your wild questions answered. Today, we had three amazing people do the voices. So first off, thanks everyone, I really appreciate it. Don Q did the voice of the easily swayed judge. He's done quite a few voices for us on this podcast, like this one. Well, nice to meet you, Sandra. I'm Dr. Toboggan. And this one, too. You must be yogurt, because I want to spoon you. You remember those? Those were both Don. He did a great job for those, too. And he's also in a band called Los Coronados, which is a surf rock band based out of Taiwan. It's pretty good music, and I'd put it on when I'm just like chilling out, kind of doing dishes and stuff like that. It's pretty good stuff. Sharon was done by the lovely Kelsey. Kelsey and her sister have a podcast where they talk about classical stories and novels. Sound familiar? I mean, I first listened to their episode about the cask of Amontillado, and if you haven't heard that story before, it's one of Edgar Allan Poe's super, super, super dark stories. And when the two of them discussed it, they bring up so many creepy and just wild things about this story that I never actually knew, even though I've read it so many times. But the best part about their podcast is that you don't have to know anything about the story they're talking about. I mean, it doesn't hurt, but they give you everything you need to know and in a great way. Lastly, on this episode, we had one of the funniest people I've ever worked with before do the voice of Jasper. Jake from the Surprise Scenarios podcast did this voice and he killed it. On their podcast, him and his lifelong buddy come up with these stories where they have to make decisions and then answer questions to see if they can do these decisions. It's kind of like D&D, but way funnier. Like in one episode, the dude has a superpower of turning invisible, but the downfall is that he only turns invisible when he farts. I don't care who you are, that shit is hilarious. Just think about if you turned invisible every time you farted. Amazing stuff, guys. Please keep it up. I love it. Well, please be sure to show your love to all three of these wonderful people and their amazing projects that they're working on. You can find all of their links to their socials and their shows and their projects on our website under today's episode page. So after you finish listening to all the Plum Forest podcasts like for the 15th time, you should really go over there and give them a check out because all three of their stuff is amazing. Especially the invisible farting thing, absolutely hilarious. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Plum Forest Pod for any news and cool bits of info. Our Patreon is still going strong with our one and only member. Thanks, Tommy! But we always have room for more people on our Patreon, so come check it out. 
And if you really like the show and want to support us with more, go ahead and check out our Patreon too, because it helps me make a better show for you guys. Also, our store is still doing very well online, and the postcards are being sent all over the world. So if you get one, be sure to send us your photo, and we'd love to add it up there on our Around the World page. Make sure to subscribe, like, and follow so you don't miss next week's brand new episode. Until next week, take care and stay safe, everyone. You just listened to a Where's Kellen production. Nailed it.